You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. My name is Dan. I am one of the pastors here at True North, and we are neck deep in a series that we call Your Best Days Are Ahead, or Our Best Days Are Ahead. But I want you to say something with me. Say this. Say, my best days are ahead. My best days are ahead because here's the thing. It's really easy to lump ourselves in with the collective momentum, to say, look at where we're going. Look at what we're doing. Or to tag yourself in with somebody else and say our best days or your best days and to encourage somebody else. But how many of us know it's really hard to speak to yourself and say, I can move forward too. I have good things ahead of me. My best days are ahead. I have a harder time encouraging myself than I do other people. So God wants you to hear that today. That when we say your best days are ahead, he's saying, I want you to say my best days are ahead individually, personally. God has a plan, a purpose, and a direction for your life. So hold on to that today. I want to make sure that we all understand that. We are in what we call part five, or it's part three of part three of this message series on our best days are ahead. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that promised helper, that promised guide that Jesus declared would be with us. He said, it's better for me to go because then the Holy Spirit will be with you. It will be your comforter. It will be your helper. It will be your guide. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about why the Holy Spirit wants to help us. And quick review, he wants to help me know what I need to know. He wants to help me get to where I need to go. He wants to help me say the right things. He wants to help me wait for God's perfect timing. He wants to help me resist the things I can't normally resist. And he wants to help me avoid dangers and mistakes. And if you missed that, that, uh, that message, that was a couple weeks ago. You can find that on our YouTube channel or our podcast. Last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit works to help us and to find the ways we can encounter him. Uh, number one there was revealing the meaning of what he has said. It can be convoluted. It can be complicated. But he can reveal to us what he was trying to say. Number two, reminding us of what he said. As parents, we can relate to that, right? Well, if you recall, I told you this. That's what God the Father does. He reminds us what he said the last time. And number three, by giving us nudges and confirmations. And all of this can be taken within God's word, within the scriptures, between the pages of what God has already declared to us. But today, we've talked about the why, we've talked about the how. Today, I want to talk about the what the action, the momentum. How do I move forward into what God has for us? What do I need to do? Because all these hypotheticals, all these things I can think about and pray about aren't anything unless I step forward into it, unless I take action and do something about it. There there are certain laws in, in, in physics that I believe have spiritual application as well. One of those is this, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. If I'm sitting still too long, nothing's going to happen because I have no motion. I have to start moving in order to gain any sort of momentum. If I'm going to roll downhill, somebody has to give me the initial push. And sometimes it's me pushing myself to get started and God can do the rest once I've started moving. The other one is this, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When I do something big, God will do something big in response. 
If I do something small, I can't expect more than I'm willing to put into it. God will meet us where we are. God will meet us with what we're willing to pour in and execute. So today is about doing. If we want to see movement from God, we need to be moving. So what are the things we need to do? Well, I've got six steps that I want to go through today in order that the Holy Spirit can be our God. So number one, I need to pause and be quiet. Pause and be quiet. In not as nice terms, I need to sit still and shut up. Because sometimes, I don't know if you know this or not, sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes we're so ready to speak that we stopped listening. Hurry up culture is always doing something. Everybody's always got their smartwatch or their smartphone or their iPad or their computer and there are notifications popping up all the time because there's always something else to do. If I sit still too long, there are things I'm not doing. Yes, but if you don't, still, if you don't sit still long enough, there are things you're not doing. You're missing out on the opportunity. And this is a hard instruction that we're given. Psalm 37, 7, and then into 40, Psalm 46, 10, it says this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Let me be God while you're doing absolutely nothing else other than acknowledging who I am. I can't move forward into God's best for me until I recognize that he has a best path forward for me. And I'm not going to find that if I'm constantly bouncing around trying to find the best thing. Sometimes the best thing is to sit still and let God speak. Sit still and let God think. Teachers and parents, you'll understand this. Um, When we are trying to get people to understand things that we're speaking, how many of us know that our mouths and our ears do not work simultaneously? If I'm speaking, I'm probably not listening. If I have something to say, it means I no longer care what you have to say. If I'm trying to tell somebody which direction to go without hearing which direction they're trying to go, my advice is worth nothing. My input is worth nothing. My response is worth nothing. I need to listen before I ever try to speak. I was doing a little digging on this, and the, the Bible, I don't know if you knew this or not, the Bible was not originally written in English, Okay? And I know I'm more of a math guy, but the Bible was written in Hebrew, so I'm still okay on this one. My status still holds up as the math guy. But I I did a little digging on this verse. And when it says, be still and know that I'm God, this is not a position thing. It's not sit still, don't move, hold tight. This is a status thing. It says, be still in a be weak, be feeble, be humble. If I don't acknowledge my weakness, I can't acknowledge his strength. So when it says be still, it doesn't mean just sit there as still as you possibly can, like a two-year-old in a chair. It means recognize that you cannot be enough, but he is. Be still, be weak, be be, be feeble, be humble, so that you can know that I am God. His strength can only be found in our weakness. It says in Isaiah 30, 15, in quietness and confidence will be your strength. When you're not trying to do it all yourself, you will see how much he will do for you. 
You can find his strength in your weakness, but only when we acknowledge that weakness. Step number two, I need to humbly ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Personally, I need the Holy Spirit to guide me. And if you're like me, the only way to ask for help is humbly. Because I don't like asking for help. Ask my wife, ask my kids. I know everything already. Why do I need help, right? But when you ask for help, you have to kind of sink into your shoulders a little bit, kind of out of your head. You don't make eye contact because you don't want to acknowledge that you don't know everything. You humble yourself. You decrease your status and your position because you're moving into a place where somebody else knows more than you. Somebody else knows more than you, and the person who knows more than you is the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. God is good. He's a good father, which means he's not going to shame you. He's not going to demote you. He's not going to belittle you because you're asking for help. He's going to praise you for acknowledging there are things you haven't figured out yet. God is a good father. It says in Psalm 25, 9, God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. God will never say, told you so. He doesn't call you out for what you failed in. He calls you out of what you failed in. We get the opportunity to step into our strengths that are found in his strength, but we have to humbly ask for it. I remember when my oldest got his license and there's always that worry when you give your kid who's always had his face in his phone when you've been driving everywhere, is he gonna know where he's supposed to be? Is he going to know how to get from where he is to where he's trying to get to? But what he would ask before he left, when he was trying to get to wherever he was trying to go, his question was always, what's the best way to get there? How do I get from where I am to where I'm supposed to be? How do I get back? What's the best route? There are times my wife leaves for work before anybody else leaves the house and she will call the house and be like, avoid this intersection. There's an accident or the power's up or whatever. And his response is, which way should I go instead? That's wisdom. Wisdom is not, well, I could probably do better than you did. Wisdom is avoiding the mistake altogether. Asking for help before you need it. Hey, I'm going this way. Which way should I go? If I want to arrive here, what path should I take to get here? Avoiding getting lost in the first place instead of asking for help getting back to where you came from. It says in Psalm 2711, teach me, Lord, what you want me to do and lead me down the right path. Tell me what I need to know and show me how to get there. When this psalm was being written, it was a declaration of the author. I want to know what you know. I want to be where you want me to be. Show me how to get there. Don't make me figure it out for myself. Don't make me learn everything the hard way. I want to be where you have called me to be. There are many paths forward for all of us, but only one of them is God's best path forward. Step number three, I have to be willing, say willing, I have to be willing to do what God says. And willingness is a heart thing. I have to internalize that I have to do what I'm told to do. Before I start moving, I have to say, I will move. Before God says go, I have to be willing to say, I will go. I go in with the expectation that God is going to ask of something of me and with the expectation that I'm going to do the thing. 
that God asks me to do. I'm not putting statutes and terms and limitations on what God says. How many of us have ever read the terms and conditions all the way through for things that we use on a regular basis? Okay, me neither. Nobody reads the terms and conditions for Facebook, for Twitter, for Apple, for, for, your, for your car registration, for any of those things. Do you trust Facebook more than you trust God? Because if you don't have to read the terms and conditions, you just trust that they're going to do the right thing with the information, which they're not. Why do we go in with a higher standard for the creator of the universe? God, I want to know all the terms and conditions before I click yes. Before I click accept, I want to know everything you're going to show me. He's not going to. And he's not going to because he wants you to operate in faith of him. He doesn't want to give you all the small print. It'll scare you and excite you and motivate you or demotivate you. God wants you to trust him more than you trust Twitter. Can we move forward and click accept on his terms and conditions without knowing the small print? If God is good, and he is, and his word tells us where he will take us, and it does, we can accept the finer print without having to know what it is ahead of time. It says in John 7, 17, whoever is willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if what I teach comes from God. If I know him, I can know his will. I can know his direction. And I can find my best path forward if I know him. If I'm listening to him. If I'm willing to accept what he says without knowing all the finer details. I don't trust myself. I don't trust Facebook. I don't trust Twitter. But I can trust God. I can trust that his best path forward for me is the best path forward for me. Amen? God will tell us the best path forward, but we have to choose it. He tells us, go this way. Great things are ahead of you, but we have to walk that path. We have to do what he says. Number four, we have to look to God's word. We look to God's word. The, the main way that God speaks to us, that the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us is through the written word of God. And for those of you who are like, well, I'm still waiting for God to speak to me. Let me ask you this. Have you ever watched a TED Talk on YouTube? I have. Great stuff out there. People smarter than me telling me how to be smarter. And their words don't diminish in importance or relevance just because they spoke out however many years ago. It's still valid. It's still relevant. It's still something that I can use now. The same is true of Scripture. If we are sitting around waiting for God to speak something into our mind, we are ignoring the word that he has already given us. The path has been laid forward. The guidebook has been opened and God will tell us which direction to go without us having to wait for his voice. We don't have to wait for his voice. The book is his voice. We can look to his word. And I find it funny when people get back out of shape by the Bible. It's like, oh, I don't like organized religion. I don't like the Bible. There's so many things that God tries to restrict us from and tells us not to do. Have you ever read a guidebook before? Guidebooks spend way more time telling you what to do, where to go, how to get there than they do don't do this thing. Can you imagine picking up a guidebook of Fairbanks and it recommends all the restaurants not to go to? 
That's a terrible guidebook. The how not to enjoy the interior of Alaska. No, you see things that you want to do. You see dog sledding and you see which restaurants to go to and you see all of these different things, where to go to see the Northern Lights. Recommendations on what to do. The only reason you would ever see something that says don't do this is two reasons. To avoid confusion or to keep you safe. If you look in a guidebook and it says don't go to this neighborhood after dark, it's to keep you safe, not to restrict you from enjoying the full experience. If you see a guidebook that says make sure you're looking for Giovanni's on the right side of the road, not Giovanno's on the left side of the road, that's to avoid confusion. It's to get you where you actually want to be. But we look at the Bible and we're like, God said, don't do this thing. Yeah, that's to keep you safe. That's to protect you for his best interest and your best interest. But if we get caught up on those things, we miss the freedom that the word gives us. For every one thing that he says, don't do, there are a hundred things he says, do and be free. Take joy in what I give you. What are we missing out on experiencing because we're so focused on what God says not to do? Why do we tell our kids not to do things? To avoid confusion and to keep them safe. But there are far more things that we allow our children to do to experience in freedom because we want them to grow. We want them to learn. We want them to encounter the world around them. And limits that are placed upon them are not arbitrary limits. They're to keep them safe and to avoid confusion. The same is true of scripture. It says in Psalm 119, verse 133, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by any evil. Why do I want to be led by the word? Because it's God's word. Because he has spoken it. Because it is still true. Thousands of years later, you can still read it and be like, man, they knew what they were talking about. They being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is still the spoken word of God. It just happens to be contained in an easy volume of 66 short letters. Not Psalms. Psalms is super long, but that's okay. It's still there. It's still good. It's still real. Are we missing out on God's real word because we're trying to wait for something that we can't expect? We can't plan for it. It's there. It's real now. It's relevant now. We have, to, we have to pray, God, show me in your word that you've already spoken what you want me to see. How am I supposed to move in this? How am I supposed to take what I see here and make it relevant? I'm not saying every genealogy you read in the books of the Bible that you can't understand 80% of the names is something that God is trying to tell you through. But there's always something in his word for you now. And if you cast it aside because you're waiting for something else, you're missing out on what God has for you. We have to look to his word. Number five, I have to expect his guidance in faith. I have to go in with an expectation that he will give me direction, that he will give me a plan, that he will give me a purpose. Has anyone in here ever made a phone call and in the back of your mind, you're like, please don't answer, please don't answer, please don't answer, please don't answer. <laughs> Why are we making phone calls hoping that the person doesn't answer the phone? Text messaging exists, praise Jesus. Can you imagine if that's what your prayer life was like? Dear Lord, please don't answer, please don't answer, please don't answer. What are we missing out on because we're not going in with the expectation that he will answer? 
God wants to answer, but we have to go with the expectation that he will answer. None of this works if we don't expect him to do something. I do something to reach out to God. He does something to reach out to me and expects me to do something in response to his response. It's back and forth. It's a relationship. It's communication. It's healthy. It's good. It's okay to ask questions. But we have to expect that God is going to respond when we call out to him. We're not calling out to God's voicemail. We're not sending it out to his ethereal email but inbox. We are reaching out to the creator of the universe who has an always-on connection. He does not have a do-not-disturb mode. He will not pass you off to the side. He is waiting for you to call out to him. He is expecting you to call out to him, which means you expect him to respond to you. James 1, 5, and 6 says this. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. That seems super simple. God, what do you want me to do? Ask the question. It continues. He will gladly. Say gladly. Gladly tell you. That means it's not a burden when you go to God with what you think is insignificant. God, I need help in this thing. Expect him to respond. Because he gladly answers back. It's not a frustration. It's not an irritation. He wants to talk to his children. He wants us to reach out to him. He wants us to expect a response. It continues. He is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. But be sure that really, be sure to expect him to tell you. Don't go in saying, God, I hate to be a hassle, but if you've got the time, I'd love for you to pay attention to this thing. It's not really a big deal. It's fine if you don't. But how depressing is that? If that's our encounter with God, when we go to him and say, I'm so sorry to take your time, God wants to spend time with us. So we can expect him to be excited for that. If you don't ask in faith, don't expect the Lord to give you an answer. If you expect nothing, you will get nothing. If you go in expecting that God won't move, why is he going to move? God, if it's not too much of a hassle, I'd love for you to speak into this situation. I'd love for you to help my brother. It's it's no big deal if you can't. I'd love for you to heal my sister. It's no big deal if you can't. No, expect God to move. He's a God who heals, so pray for healing. He's a God who restores, so pray for restoration. Expect God to move. We don't walk in with the expectation that he is bothered or annoyed. We go in with the expectation he created everything so he can change anything. And he can move us in the direction that he wants us to go. If you're not asking, don't expect an answer. And if you're not expecting an answer, what hope do you have? What do you hope to find inside yourself when you're not even bothering to call out to God who says, I will gladly answer? We have to expect an answer. And the last point here, point number six, we have to wait for God's response. Waiting is hard. People don't like to wait. We live in an instant culture. News looks completely different now than it used to. Because 40 years ago, the news was you wait until 11 o'clock to get the day's biggest stories. Now you wait 11 seconds from it happening and the story is on your Twitter feed. 
But that causes problems too. Because if you get the information wrong, then you have to fix it. You have to correct it and you lose credibility. Wait for God's response. Don't get impatient. Don't assume the answer is yes, but don't assume the answer is no. Let God make clear the plan. Make, let God make clear the path. Let God make clear the timeline. It says in Job 33, 14, God does speak sometimes one way, sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. If God gives you a word you don't understand, don't move forward. Wait for clarification. Wait for understanding. Because if you didn't understand it right away, it wasn't for right away. It wasn't for right now if God says, I want you to understand this down the road. His perspective is a thousand years is equal to one day. Our perspective is, give it to me now. We have to meet him where he is. Not expect him to meet our timeline. And I, I remember a number of years ago, I was here on a Sunday, and, and Pastor Mark was preaching a message about calling. And it wasn't specifically about being called into full-time ministry or being called to be a missionary. It was about moving into what God has for you. But I felt very strongly that God was making it clear that he wanted me to step forward toward full-time ministry. And I was a full-time teacher at the time. That was not God saying, quit your job, show up to the church and expect that Mark will give you a job. God was saying, this is the plan I have for you. This is the path I have for you. Prepare and wait. And it was probably six years before I ever walked through the doors of this church as an employee. What did I do in the meantime? I did what I did faithfully. I taught faithfully. I led youth group faithfully. I led small groups faithfully. I had college students over to my house faithfully, and I continued to do what God had put me in a position to do. I took the classes toward my credentials and all of those different things because God was moving me in a direction, but it was not right then, right now. He said to wait. And that's hard. And you might be in a position today where God has given you some plans and some dreams and some direction and he has said, sit still and wait. And you've got spiritual ADD, you just wanna move on to the next thing. Sit still and wait. Do you believe that God's path is the best path forward for you? Do you believe that he has your best days ahead? It's not just our best days ahead, it's not just your best days are ahead, it's my best days are ahead. If I believe that, I have to open myself up to this. I have to do what he says to do. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked God for that help. You've never reached out and said, I want to take that next step. I want to move in that direction. I invite everybody to stand up with me. We're going to pray for that help right now. If you've prayed for God's prayer or help before, you can ask for it again and again. If you've never prayed for God to lead you through the Holy Spirit before, I invite you to pray with me now. Lord, we thank you that you provide us the Holy Spirit, that you give us a helper, you give us a comforter, you give us a guide that takes us from where we are to where you want us to be. Lord, I pray right now that you would open my eyes, you would open my ears, that I would expect something from you. Lord, move me from where I am. Help me to be patient where I am. Help me to trust where you would have me be. In your name.
be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.